Hello and welcome to Me and Mine with Temi Tokwe Onomade. Me and Mine is a family program inspired by hope and family values. Today, we are taking an in-depth look at a topic dear to your heart. Get ready and ride with us. We are going to see today, by the grace of God, by the option on our guests, if infidelity should lead to, you know, take your back, carry all your stuff and get out of the marriage. Thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Reverend Yemi. And I'm honored again, once again, to, to have Sister Busola. She's a pastor. She's a mistress. She's a music director. She's a coach. She's an author. Ah, she's, she's, I don't know. You can check her Facebook, Sister uh, Busola Martins. Check her Facebook. And if you need any, any of her service, I'm sure she's so selfless to actually attend to any, any one of us. So let's go straight now. And I will start with Reverend. Reverend, thank you. You've been waiting for a while. I acknowledge that. Thank you so much. So we are talking about infidelity. Can you please tell us what you what you understand by infidelity in marriage from your own uh, perception, sir? Uh, infidelity. So when you are involved in any of these with any other person that is not your wife or your husband, it is termed infidelity. And I want to let you know that another name for infidelity is adultery. You know, when when you are involved in infidelity, you are committing adultery. And the Bible told us in, I mean, in, 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 in the Ten Commandments that we have in Exodus that thou shalt not commit adultery. So that is what I know personally to be infidelity. I think that's um, generic enough. Thanks, um, sis, for having me. And thanks, um, Reverend. I've seen you quite a bit in a few places, online, movies, and all whatnot. Um, so, but, and I really admire your wife. Oh, my gosh, her pronunciation is top-notch. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so um, I think I'm fine with uh, Reverend's um, definition. It's generic enough. It's, um, you know, infidelity is just uh, having illicit, unagreed affair, uh, affairs or relationships outside of the context of the word of God. When it, I, when it has to do with um, sex, actually, it has to do with sex, you know, and it doesn't have to be physical. It could be pornography as well, you know, emotional affairs and all these things. Sometimes it is not just the physical one because Jesus said, if you can look at, at, at a woman and lust after her, you have committed adultery. I Reverend mentioned adultery. So every form of adultery can come under this um, umbrella that we're talking about today. Thank you so much, Ma. I think from my own angle, yes, I agree with Reverend and, uh, and you, sis. I agree with you, Ma. Uh, but I, I want us to look at it that we, I don't want us to, to look at it generic, in a generic way like, I mean, because some infidelity, they don't ask, they don't have to do with sex, man. And when we, infidelity, from the angle I'm looking at it, is an action against sexual exclusiveness of a marriage, which is what we have, we have agreed is the generic one that Pastor talked about, adultery. is a symptom of a deeper issues left unaddressed. See, when you are talking of infidelity, you're talking about for that thing to get to that level of you giving yourself to somebody else, there, there are so many issues that we refuse to address, we ignore, we spiritualize it, we find it difficult to open our mouth and say, I'm struggling, something is wrong with me. I have a sister at my place of work and I think I love, I always wanted to do something more. I've got these emotional issues with this person. And that is when, if you are unable to address those issues, and that is why it's going to lead to that. So 
is an unaddressed issues you are very deep issues you are struggling with and pastor has said another name is adultery another name they call it is cheating on faithfulness having an affair you can call it any anything you call it but infidelity is you are breaking a vow you are breaking a vow the vow you make to your to your spouse and that will lead me to the second question that why do spouse cheat? Why I've got my own husband, I've got my own wife. Why do I have to look outside? We are talking of in Christendom. Nowadays, we now have children. We now have DNA issue that they have to go and do DNA and they find out that that man is not the father of the children and they are of age. It's happening in the church now. It's now very common. It's happening in our society. So many things that they are abnormal. They are not now something that is very, very normal. Please, sir, can you, let me start with Sister um, Martins, Pastor. Please, can you help us? Can you tell us why do spouse cheat? I know we, we've got so many, we've got so many, but we are looking at, as Christians, we have so many of them. Choir master, pastor, misbehaving to, to church member in Christianity now. Why do spouse cheat? Why? So, just like you said, um, it's, you know, the reasons are varied. They, there are so many reasons you could, people go into cheating. Now, if we're talking to the Christian audience strictly, okay, yes. this morning, the definition and the recommendation will be different for those that are non-Christians. I remember a while back, I went to the um, optometrist with my mom, and she said that there are some medicines they recommend just for Africans because they work with Africans. If they recommend those medicines for Westerners, they would work, but for Africans, they do not work as effectively as they're supposed to. So now if we're talking to Christians, then our recommendations, our diagnosis will be just for Christians. The Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If you are a Christian, first of all, what is the definition of a Christian? You have accepted Jesus. You have repented of your sins. Your conscience is alive and active. So if your conscience is not alive, or if it's alive and you have deadened it, then you are moving slowly, bit by bit, towards sin. When sin is in the camp, a Christian that is alive. Listen, Christian, we have dead Christians. We have Christians that are lukewarm. We have those that are really alive. Jesus said, I don't want those that are lukewarm. I'd rather have you hot or cold. So before a Christian can get into that space of getting into illicit affairs mm. or um, infidelity, mm. something is fundamentally wrong. Check the salvation. The salvation is gone. Now, there was this guy, uh, Mike Murdoch. I don't know if you know him. He's a, he's a minister in the UK. He's been to Nigeria. He, go, he flies around quite a bit. Now, this guy said something that he's usually attracted to beautiful women. And he made it open that, look, if I think he shared at one point that if I am, he said to somebody, ask me tomorrow what I did with this lady. He made himself intentionally accountable, regardless of his height in Christianity. Now, going into illicit affairs or extramarital affairs, da, 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 some people have weaknesses, like some people were drinkers or drunkards before they got they became Christians. Now, such people, you wouldn't want to find them close to a bar because just sniffing the aroma of alcohol could trip them over. 
Now, if you know that women is a big issue for you, then you have to stay clear, apart from the fact that you're a strong Christian. Now, this guy I'm talking about is a believer, a reverend or a pastor, a great preacher, an itinerant. But he made himself uncountable and said, hey, look here, this is what is happening to me. I have been in situations where I had the opposite sex getting too close to me. And I said to my husband, hey, look after me because this person, we're getting too close. So apart from the fact that there's Christianity, we are born again, many of us overlook and override the fact that there's a devil looking to make us fall. There's a devil warring intentionally, actively, ceaselessly against marriages. So saying, oh, the way they dress on stage doesn't matter in a church. Or saying, oh, I can counsel sisters alone. It doesn't matter. I am strong. Somebody actually mentioned to me a while back and said that uh, it doesn't matter. A lady can just undress in front of me. I, I wouldn't have a problem. How dare you? Even our great, great fathers do not go. Even Father Abraham fell regardless of who you are. So a woman is something or a man is something you do not toy with. There must be boundaries. So two points for me this morning. Number one, people fall. Christians for when their Christianity, their foundation, the essence of their salvation has been tampered with, number one. Number two, when people fail to be accountable intentionally to the right people that can help them, when you know that you are airing off yourself accountable, the Bible says that where can a man carry fire in his bosom and his cloth not be burnt? How can you be watching movies where they are explicit? And you are saying that you will not be aroused. How can you be getting too close to a brave sister that all her cleavage is out? And she came for counseling and you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. So yeah, two points for me. There are so many other reasons, but fundamentally for me, those are very big things for me. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, Ma. Um, Reverend, I know you will have seen you because you are marriage counselor. <laughs> I know you have many, many of those scenarios in your... Can, can you please share with us, sir? Uh, I said it all, but uh, just like you said the other time, um, infidelity is the end of a process. Certain things would have happened before getting to that end of that process, which we call infidelity. And uh, that is exactly what we are trying to look into now, what is the process. Hmm. But let me say this first, there is no how beautiful the reason may be that it is good enough to go into infidelity. I want mm -hmm. to make that clear before I go into some, um, some reasons. And I want to base my reason on some of the things that those people that find themselves in need, some of the reasons uh, mean, they give. Number one is boredom. You know, when they are getting bored in the marriage, you know, when, 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 when marriage starts, I mean, it's now uh, getting to a routine of a thing. You know, everybody wants spices. No, so at, at, at that level of getting bored, getting to normal routine, they want something fresh. They want something new. They want something that can, that can get out of the normal routine. So because of this, they go into uh, infidelity. Another reason is some people, you know, when you see partners growing apart, you know, we need to grow together in our marriage. But when you see partners growing apart from their partner, that may be something that we kick past what we call I mean, infidelity. 
Another reason they give is not married to the right person. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And at hmm. times, I ask people, who's fault? Ah, they say, no, it's not the type of my woman. I mean, she's not the type of my woman. She's not the type of my man. And because of this reason, they start looking elsewhere. And, uh, I mean, they go into uh, infidelity. Another reason people give uh, is that insecurity at home. They are no longer secured. And through that, they start staying away from home. And before you know it, another, and then the third party gets involved. But one mm. main reason that is somehow common to most of the people that get involved is the area of loneliness. Loneliness, mm. you not know, staying apart for a long time without any reason. And you know, it's not it's not staying apart alone that causes loneliness. There are some people they stay together even in the same house, in the same room, mm. but mm. they are far apart from each other. And from this, they get involved into uh, I mean infidelity. But like I said, when I was, I mean, when I started giving the reason, there is none of this reason that is good enough to go into what we call infidelity. The reason are many. I've just tried to mention, uh, I mean, mention to you. Thank you very much, ma'am. Thank you so much for your contribution. In fact, you've mentioned how many? One, two, three, four, five. So now we've got seven plus two. Uh, Pastor Busola talked about. I'll just I'll just quickly add um, uh, something very basic. I always like to go back to the foundation, even when I'm doing my Bible studies. Many times I always go back to how it was in Genesis before I know the the actual problem. You see, understanding the actual meaning of marriage, you know, when people fail to understand the meaning of marriage, it causes a lot of things. Marriage is not a contract. It's a covenant. That's why people can hop in and hop out. A covenant is a strong agreement binding on the two parties, sealed by blood. And you will note that many times when people get married, they make pronouncements to each other. I will be with you forever. I will love you forever. I will be faithful to you forever. Divorce, which is a paper, is just done on paper. The actual covenant is not renounced. Mm. And we know as believers that when deliverance cases are done, people that are in bondages, they don't go and sign something to enter. They actually go into covenant. Maybe their forefathers or they entered in with food or maybe they made pronouncements. We know how hard it is to undo covenants mm. in the spiritual. So marriage is spiritual. Marriage is a covenant. So that's why um, Paul the Apostle said that when you sleep with A, B, C, D, you join their spirits because you are covenanting your spirit to different parties. So a lack of understanding of the actual meaning of marriage makes people to go into those things. If you understand that I am in a covenant and this covenant, breaking covenants have consequences. If we understand that when I break this covenant, I'm indirectly breaking my life, even though I may not see the results immediately. If I know and understand that this covenant I'm breaking will have impacts 400 years down the line, you know, I will think twice. I will be in a shock. I will freeze myself, you know. So again, I'm just looking at the foundation. If we have the proper foundation laid, they say as you lay your bed, so you lie on it. 
practicing. So once the, the foundation is laid properly, you know, I think people will, one way or the other, seize and pull back, even if they want to go into things, you know, they will just have a freeze moment like, hey, look, what am I actually doing? This thing I'm doing here will affect my generations down the line. I was dealing with a guy that said his father forced him to marry somebody. And this was a guy that was telling me, oh, I'm married now. Oh, this, uh, I think about six, seven, eight years ago. And then in the last two years came back and said that, oh, my father forced me. I was like, really? And, and you went to see the lady twice, like Reverend said that when people are apart, you know. And I'm trying, you know, I'm just trying to make sense of, you know, because some people say that I married the wrong person. So you married the wrong person, but you were not forced to make that covenant. So covenant is not about the wrongness or the rightness of the person. The thing is that the covenant is done. And that's why I made it clear. Like if we are really talking to Christians, then we need to get our manual right. Our manual, our guideline is the Bible. So we can use every other thing in the world, every other manual and framework in the world, but the Bible for those that are not Christian. Well, if we are Christians and believers, covenants are cut based on the word of God. Covenants are cut and sealed by the blood. And once they are very difficult to break, and the Bible says that until death do them pass, they are tied forever. So if you know that you are tied forever, I'm talking to somebody right now, you know that you are tied forever, you seize from that, um, that illicit act. And you will know that what you're doing now does not just have, have an effect on you, but it does have an effect even 400 years or even more later. But I pray that if you are there, I don't know why I'm saying this. If you are there in Jesus' name, I pray for you for a breaking of that hold. Some people have generational hold on them. They can't break it. I pray for you. You'll be seized. You'll be, you'll be by the power of God, pulled forcefully from that thing, holding you bound in the name of Jesus. It feels like a glue always pulling you. In Jesus' name, we declare and decree a separation by the blood of Jesus, power in your spirit to resist and say no to that infidelity. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank I, you so I much. On three other reasons, briefly. And I mean, the number one is parental background. When people, some people, they are, they are raised up in, uh, in a family that sees nothing wrong in infidelity. They have seen their father, they have seen their uncle involved in name. So by the time they are married, the, the, the brain set is to see it as nothing wrong. But I want to say that as a child of God, the Bible says when a man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed mm. away. So there must be a cut from our, our, our background when we're in Christ. Another, another reason is exposure to sex and many partners before marriage. Mm. When you a man or a woman exposed to sex earlier, I mean, before marriage with many partners, it leads to unsatisfied sex pleasure. I mean, sexual pleasure. And in the process, they want to have a taste outside what God has, I mean, uh, I mean what God has uh, given them. And one other key area is variance in sexual urge with partners. That I've seen in many families. When there is a variance, no, the husband wants it more. The wife is not all that by nature. I've been, I've been, I've been, I mean, passion for it all the time. So when there is a variance between the couples, but let me say this: any of these that occurs in any marriage can easily 
be solved without getting into infidelity. Thank you. Thank you so much for your contribution, sir. God bless you. I, I was actually trying to mention that. And thank you so much, Pastor Busola. See, Pastor Busola was talking from the perception that if we are talking about kingdom here, we are talking about Christian marriage here. In fact, this thing is like an abomination because if you're a, a Christian that you are like alive in Christ, it should not even be mentioned among us. But yeah. Pastor Busola, I will shock you, man that people that they are spirit-filled, you would think they are spirit-filled. They are actually... Yeah, absolutely. They are suffering yeah. in silence, man. Yeah. From, yeah. I can tell you, from January, you know, January, Christian, December, January, February is the fasting period. And I will tell you, some sisters, they have not even come closer to their husband, man. Oh, is, I have cases of people for years, their husbands have not touched them. And the lady was telling me, she said, Look, I am at the verge of going for somebody else, you know. So, and so, that comes back to the point of how did you marry the person in the first instance? You know, you made the decision, you know. So these are still fundamental things. So that, so, um, that, so th that is why I don't want us to just make everything like, yes, we are spiritual. We are children of God. But we have to face this thing. We have to be actual and be absolute that some Christians, they are actually suffering in silence. Some of these things that lead to all this infidelity, they are things that we deny ourselves. Some Christians, they've not even realized, they, don't even, they can't even comprehend that to them, sex is even sin. To some people at this 21st century, man, they can mm -hmm. go fasting and be speaking in tongues for months, <laughs> for weeks, and they will deny the man. So the man will now think, this is what, because, Everything they are doing, ma, uh, uh, Reverend, you are a marriage counselor. They have Bible passage. Each time you cancel them, everybody has a Bible passage to back any any action they take, and they will not be saying. In, and why we even be praying when they are tired of this marriage? They are praying that the man should mess up. They want to catch the man red-handed. That the Bible says, except for fornication or adultery. Adultery. Check my own Bible, ma. I've not seen. Except adultery, dear. I've, I've seen except sexual immoralities. Adultery is one of them. If you if your own Bible interpretation says except fornication, fornication doesn't happen among married people. So mm. we interpret we interpret Bible to suit you know to suit ourselves, and that's why I try to invite people so that let us kind of understand this. We know we are in this we are of God, but we live in this flesh. Who is deceiving who? If unbeliever can be in marriage and they don't have issues, why should we Christian have issues and we have to quote Bible with the issues we are having? You've rightly mm. said it, Reverend, that some people, they have issues with their background or bringing. They grew up seeing their parents fighting. They grew up seeing their, their dad fighting. And they even know that this their dad is the one taking them to church. And that mm. is why we are, Pastor, uh, Pastor Bissola talks about, we've been alive in the Lord, not as a churchgoer. We are not talking to Christians that they just carry their Bible that is the in thing, that is the faith. Every Sunday they go to church, that is the faith. We are talking about if you are genuinely, if you are genuinely saved and you are redeemed by his precious blood, you will understand from Genesis 
chapter one, that when God created, he created male and female. And when two people come together, he said, yeah, one. And that is the covenant mm -hmm. Pastor Busola is talking about. One and one, the man and the woman, they come together, they become one flesh. You find it difficult to become one flesh. Then you take your flesh out, you decide because society agrees. Government will give you money. It's the in thing. Pastor preach about it. Don't die in that marriage. You can get out if there is adultery. They are giving you so many excuses. Who are you? And that is what this platform is all about. We, we don't want to trivialize what people are going through. People are really going through a lot, man. A lot. You find it difficult to take your daughter to a choir practice and the choir master is messing up the girls. And he's a married man. He's a Christian. He lifts up holy hands. And this is he's a Christian platform. And that is why we have to just say it as it is. If you're on this platform, please, you can share. If you have any question, you can please send your question forward. That is why we want to know why, why, why do we have this thing in Christendom? Why can't we enjoy it as God laid it down? Why can't we enjoy it? Matthew chapter 19, verse 6, 4 to 6 says, have you not read that he created them from the beginning, hmm. male and female? He said, therefore, a man will leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. And that is what we are talking about. Hmm. So if we are one, why should somebody now come? Why do you need to go to a stranger to look for pleasure? Then we have to deal with the deliverance Pastor Busola is talking about. Some people, they are coming with baggages from their background they don't know. They've got no clue. They are like people that, I know I don't want to do this, but I find myself doing it, and they don't want to talk. They, maybe they, they have one big post in the church, and they find it difficult to expose themselves and look for counsel that I'm struggling with something. Mm. Until that thing killed their spirit life, make them to be disgraced and put shame on them. We are, we are brethren and we, we should enjoy our marriage. But when you don't deal with some issues and you left it unattended to, then it's come up and it's haunt us. It's, it's, it's messed up the, the name of the Lord in our life. It's disgrace and cause shame. And that is why you will see them talk of commitment, talk of boredom that pastor talks about just now. Name anything. We have so many of them. You go for counseling. You go for all these things. Check online. They are there. They are addicted. And do you want to tell me, man, sir? Nowadays, check the program, Netflix program we watch. Everything is sexualized. Cartoon for children, they are sexualized. Everything is messed up. Mm, mm, mm. And we are in the world. But the Bible says we are not of the world. And we now, we now see in our Christendom now, we need to now look for Bible passage that suits our instincts, that suits our, you know, our necessary actions. And every little thing, you now want outside the marriage. We know some issues, they are there. We know they are deep. But when you understand who you are in the Lord, even if, if you eventually think that this marriage is, I think is a, is a what do you call it, is a mistake, then you don't want out of it. If you are a child of God, because you serve a God that can turn things around. That is when you know who you are in the Lord, then you go back to your father. The art of this man is in your hand. I am not enjoying this marriage. Help me. I want to enjoy it. Then he will sort you out. 
we have so many and we, 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 we live in the world that so many things, they've changed to what we think we, we know. And that's why we want to talk about it, that why, why should Christians be involved in this? And you will see some people, they are, they are, they, they are very, they, they will do it and they don't even care. They will do it. They don't, some people will even tell their wife. Some people will even take permission. It's happening. It's happening and it's, it's, it's turning marriage to something else eventually. And thank you so much for coming to this program to, to, to discuss this with us. So now I'm now saying that, okay, we've known about it. We know, we, we've got some of, some of those things that causes uh, infidelity. We've talked about lack of commitment. We've talked about upbringing. We've talked about sin that easily beset us. They're struggling with some things. Hmm. So if it not happen, I will allow as a wife, as husband to forgive. Should cheating, should infidelity be forgiven in the Christian home? Reverend. Hmm. Yes. Uh, Your volume, sir. We can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Can, you hear me now? More, sir. can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, good. So the Bible says that love covers all things. So when, when, when a man or a woman finds him or herself in names, which we don't pray for, I think we should have that part of forgiveness because that is what God uh, has mandated us, mandated us to do. You know, uh, we categorize them, yes. And we look at mm. adultery as very big thing. Yes, it's true because it breaks trust. And that is, that is the reality. But let me say that sin is a sin in the presence of God. And when the disciples asked Jesus Christ, they asked him that in these 70 times that we must sin before, I mean, my brother can sin against me, it's me not forgiving. And Jesus said, no, it's not 70. He said, 70 times 7. And you know, you know the funny thing is 7 times 7 in a day. So adultery is one out of the 490 that, I mean, Jesus was talking about in the Bible. So as a, as a child of God, filled with the Spirit, when things like this happen, yes, there's bound to be disappointment. There's bound to be, I mean, a breakdown. But after everything has been placed on the ground, then you must have that act of forgiveness. Many people, they look at it, they say the only thing that the Bible talks about that uh, we, not, we, we, we can divorce is, is I mean, uh, adultery. But they don't know that it is the same Bible that talks about that things cover, I mean, I mean, love covers all sins. Praise the Lord. The Lord. And in as much as God is ready to forgive us all our sins, then we also, we must be ready to forgive our partner in this. But forgiveness starts from genuine repentance. Genuine repentance from the person that has dipped his hand or hand into this. So when your partner is able to come out and hear it all, having a remorse, then you must be ready to take back. But let me say this. When it has it now turns to a repeated uh, mean action, then it is intentional. That is when it becomes, becomes very difficult to forgive. But to me, I mean, there is no thing that a man not be able to forgive, especially now that 
is this your partner, your blood covenant, somebody that you know that there is no way? Because at times I look at it this way. When you say you want to separate or you want to divorce because of adultery, the Bible says the two of you, you come together and you become one. Wow, now, man. when you break any man into two, then the life is no longer existing. Hmm. When you tear hmm. any man into two, the life is hmm. no longer existing. So when you say you are, you are hmm. divorced, you yourself, you are cutting yourself dead spiritually. The Lord God Almighty will help us in the name of Jesus. It is difficult, but it is possible. Forgive. Thank you so much, Reverend. Um, Pastor Busola, um, yeah. you can add to that, or, or you can, can you tell us if infidelity should lead to divorce, you know, as a Christian, um, if something like that happens, should that be enough for a sister or a brother to call it a day? Um, well, the situation varies. I am not a campaigner for divorce. I was reading not long ago, I think last week or two weeks ago. The first mention of divorce in the Bible shows that God is not for it. And like I always say, I always like to go back to the foundation or the beginning of things. You see, God never, ever. That's why Jesus said, for the hardness of your heart, this is my recommendation. But from the beginning, it was not so. So if Jesus is saying, and again, let's be mindful here. We're talking to kingdom people. So if you are not a kingdom person, these recommendations are not for you. Okay? You first of all must be a kingdom person. And of course, there are very many variations of kingdom people. We've seen people that have been married. I'm not minimizing people or judging people, but we have seen people three, four marriages. My take is this. Well, we pray for God to give us large hearts to be forgiving, and to forgive. The Bible says that if a brother be caught in a fault, let those that are stronger, let them help him back up. Why? The Bible says that because you yourself could be taken in the same offense. So none of us can give a guarantee that we cannot fall. The Bible says that let him that think he stands Take heed, lest his force. In my language, they say that um, So, like Reverend said, sin is sin. Okay, that person committed adultery. That's all right. It's not all right, but I mean that he has done it. The deed is done. What is the next thing? We look for solution. Okay, you have committed. What happened actually? Help him back up. When he becomes consistent and intentional, then we really need to sit down and talk about the root. Bro, sis, what is really happening? Is it that you are not having enough in this marriage? Or is it that you have a problem? Is there something in the root? Is there, you know, we now at that point begin to sit for counseling. And something about Africans is that Africans do not like to go for counseling, which is very wrong. Now there's the, again, we're talking to kingdom people, there's the spiritual part. And then there's the medical or psychological part as well. Some people like Reverend, some people have been to trauma and all those sort of things. So yes, when people go into infidelity, sin is forgivable. The Bible says the same measure that you want them to give to you, do to others. 
The Bible says, forgive us as we forgive those that sin against us. He didn't say those that commit adultery or those that steal or those that lie against us. He says, forgive us as we forgive other people their sins, regardless of the sin. It's easy to say, but it's not impossible to do when we have the right people around us to support us. So again, nobody can give a guarantee that, oh, I can never, I can never fall into sin. Paul the Apostle said that I make my boast in Jesus. So we make our boast in Jesus, we will never fall. But then the boast is in the Lord, not in our ability. So you that you are holding that brother or that sister accountable and saying you committed adultery, I can never forget, I can never forgive. Can you guarantee yourself? You Mm. cannot. So in the fact, in the light that you cannot, you are unable to guarantee even the sins that you can commit yourself, then you have to backtrack, back down, let it go, give them another chance. That's my take. That's my stance. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ma. I've got so much to, to cover, but I want, I want to, because I'm looking at the time for you and I want you to be part of this question here. Will, no, no, no. Up. If you don't look at the time for me. It's one do, hour. Do, do whatever. To... No, no, no. You do whatever you need to do. I could do a little bit of extension, maybe up to like um quarter past the hour. Yeah. So if we can't com- complete what we need, we'll do it. We'll do it. I don't want us to rush it. But I want us to answer this question coming from the platform. Okay. So I don't want, I don't want you to miss it. Um. Number one says, is infidelity permissible when divorce is already an option? This is a Christian sister. So, you know, you are saying uh, Christian, Christian sister, so like you'll be surprised what we are getting. Is infidelity permissible when divorce is already an option? Brethren, so, so when you when you release somebody, sir, I think we will allow Reverend to talk first. <laughs> no, no, looking at this question, is infidelity permissible when divorce is already an option? Number one, infidelity is not permissible in any form. You have no good reason to go into infidelity when you are looking at the Bible standard. Yes. And again, divorce is not also an option in the, in the Christian marriage. So looking at the two now, I will say no, because infidelity is not permissible. You are not to get involved with any other woman, any other man out of your marriage, because like my wife will say, that is your lot in the land of the living. You have taken, and until death do you pass, there is nothing you can do. You have no any reason either good or bad. So infidelity is not allowed in any form, in any disguise. And at the same time, divorce is not an option. It's an option. There is no issue in marriage. Even if you are married by mistake, just like my sister said, if you are married by mistake, for you to have made that vow, there is a covenant and everything can still work well. So to me, this the answer to this question is no, because infidelity is not permissible under any guide, and divorce is not an option in marriage. Thank you, sir. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir. You see, the, the reason why I, I will allow Pastor Busola to contribute if she still wants to contribute, but 
I will tell you why this question, why this person will raise this question. Because in Christendom now, divorce is biblical. Maybe you know, maybe it's not common in your area. In, in our area here, we've, we, we are hearing it from the pulpit, you know, and they will, they will tell you that it's better you leave that man than for you to, to die, that a dead man doesn't speak or a dead woman doesn't speak. So to them, they feel that anything that happened in this marriage, this is the next thing. But if you are looking at kingdom, kingdom basis, what God said we should do, and you are looking at the word of God about divorce, about adultery, about things that the Bible said we should not do, then you will understand that because somebody is actually thinking about this, I'm leaving this marriage already. So if I'm leaving this marriage already, I've got option, I'm entitled, I'm, I've got the right to go out and look for somebody else. And they think the land is greener with that person. And that's why you will see somebody that will end up with two, three husbands. Is they, we have a woman like that in the Bible that met Jesus. Because when you are leaving this man, you are ask, they are asking this question because there is already an alternative. I just need this thing to be finalized, you know. I just need it to, I just need that paper. They, look, they are looking for that certificate. And even like Pastor Busola said, you have that certificate, but there is a covenant that is not about paper. The covenant is both of you, you have become one. And Reverend said, if you now cut yourself off from one, you are, a dead, you are a dead being living. You may be smiling, you may wear clothes, you may look good, but you are a dead person living because you are halved. And this is why we are having this question. Is infidelity permissible because I'm ready to go? Because I've, I'm, I'm going to sign the divorce letter. I've, I've done it already. I'm just waiting. Then they want to start. Then you will reason that truly God is good because if you think this man messed you up, you won't just want to start another relationship immediately. Because you will be so, you should be able to pause yourself and think, what makes me to fail? What caused this problem in the first place? But jumping straight immediately to another person, that means something is wrong. And this is why we are missing it. And this is why we are pretending. Pastor Busola, do you have any addition or we should move to the next question? Yes, so infidelity is not permissible in all forms. The Bible says that we should um, not remove the old landmarks. You see, again, we are talking to kingdom-minded people. God is the ancient of days. He remains unchanged. He had something in mind when he made man and woman. The Bible says, I'm the God of all flesh. I will never change. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He does not change. He may give us permissive will. One thing about God is this. The moment you start negotiating with God, God is okay, if that's what you want, that's all right. But that was not his original intention. And you will notice that once you start mutilating or doing permutation and combination for the initial or genuine or um, um, original will and intention of God, things are not always the way God wanted them. Look at, I'll give you some examples. I read recently about the case of Moses when God said, oh, Moses, you are going to lead these people to Canaan. And Moses started negotiating with God. I said, God, this work is too much for me now. And God said, okay, if you think it's too much for you, I'll take some of your spirit and put on these people. God does not, God sees man as co-creators. 
Once you start arguing with God, you will say, okay, take your permission. Will. Remember in the case of um, Samuel, when the people wanted a king, God said, give them a king. They have asked for a king. So God will not argue with man that, oh, you say divorce, so we must have divorce. You are kidding my You say you are a believer, you are preaching divorce, divorce. That's all right. God will give you what you want. But Jesus said, Jesus said, the master himself said, but from the beginning, it was not so. So that means fundamentally, his intention was never divorce. If you look at the first mention of divorce, I think it was in the book of Leviticus. You will see that God didn't want to divorce originally. Go and read the sexual laws that God gave to um, the Israelites. All those things that shows you that God is very clear when it comes to divorce. Yeah, divorce may happen. He even said in some places, he said, when they divorce, so nobody should touch them. They must not marry. So if you want to divorce, okay, go now. But can you remain by yourself? So if you cannot remain by yourself and you still want to be having sex or you still have sexual urges, then please, for the sake of eternity. So it's not about this life on this side alone. For the sake of the thousands and thousands and unending thousands of years that are coming, then let's stay in the marriage. Infidelity is not permitted even when divorce is an option. Okay. Because Jesus said, okay, if you want to go, go, but then you must remain unmarried. Can you stand to be unmarried? So being unmarried means that you remain by yourself. You are not having sexual relationships anymore. So if you know that you cannot take that stand, stay in the marriage, if not for anything, stay for the purpose of you know, your own eternity. Then the other thing is that people that are propagating the gospel of, oh, divorce, 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 and you that you are listening and believing yourself, have you gone to research and read the Bible for yourself if you are a kingdom person? Now, have you gone to read right from the beginning of scriptures itself, study the theme of divorce and marriage all through scriptures for you to understand the mind of the creator? Say, for example, you have an iPhone and you just want to take out how text messaging works in iPhone and you, you are fiddling and you are stumbling and you're like, oh, somebody told me this is that work. You must understand the whole concept of Android, that it is different from Apple. So if you've been using Android, for example, you cannot apply it to this. So other religions, other people, people that are faithless, atheists, um, whatever, they can do whatever they like. But if you're a kingdom person, look for the mind of your master, God. From the beginning, it was not so. They are no more twin. They are not one flesh. He says that except for, even when the man goes, Jesus said, remain unmarried. The Bible says, you yourself, that woman must not be taken by another man. The man that leaves, that gives somebody divorce to, must remain by himself. So if you know that you cannot remain by yourself, please, just for the sake of eternity. But again, there's nothing God cannot do. I strongly believe in the power of prayer. I know these are hard issues. These are real issues. But like um, Sister Tammy said the other time, she said that the heart of man is in the hand of God. Like rivers of water, it turns it with us wherever it wills. I have seen cases where God turns things around. We have heard so many testimonies. But there are times too that things do not change. At that point, the Bible says that my grace is sufficient for you. And when we ask God for grace, he gives us grace to carry on. So in a nutshell, no, 
Infidelity is not permitted. Thank Divorce you. is not an option. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, Ma. I, I've got a Bible passage here, yeah? And I want us to, to look at it from, from the word of God. Proverbs chapter 6, verse um, 25. Do not desire our beauty in your heart and do not let our capture you with our eyelashes. You know, they are using eyelashes now. We have so many things. We, 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 I will ask if Perkins wants us to do this thing next week. I, I don't want us to rush it. But I want us to read from the Bible. Verse 32 says, But a man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. NLT says, But the man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. And the message says, Adultery is a brainless act, so destroying, self destructive. If so, this, this is, I'm just trying to read from the Bible that you may say, My spouse, she doesn't know how to cook, she doesn't know how to dress, she doesn't know how to do sex, the kind of sex I want to do. All those excuses, all those excuses, if you allow all those excuses to over, overshadow you and make you to commit adultery, then that Bible passage is saying you, you don't have excuse for that. You can look for help, go for counseling, ask people to help you, but you don't go into that. That's why the Bible says you should feel all the appearances. The appearances, don't sit down there and scabash. A naked woman and you are speaking in tongues and no shaking is a lie. Because even if you are speaking in tongues, when you see her, when you are sleeping, when you are on your own, the picture comes to you again. And adultery is not by acting. In Jesus' era, when you are thinking about it, you've committed. That is how... how how dangerous it is. We are talking about infidelity and it's, it's going to be obvious that, oh, she's going out to somebody else. Nowadays, you don't need to go out. Oh, there is no cyber sex. If you don't know, there is no internet. See? Internet affair, emotional affair, all those things, pornography, they are there now. In fact, you don't need to leave your house before you commit it. And if you are deceiving yourself that nobody sees me, God Almighty is seeing you. Mm. And that is why you keep on covering it, covering it, and you are not looking for a very way to express yourself. And a very way to express yourself is to look for a very valid reason that humanity will see that Toto, that guy tried. He, he, yes, divorce, this divorce is, is real. And they are telling you, and they are, they are patting you on your back. And we are not trivializing what people are going through. Some people, they are going through violence, that they are going through some things. And I've, I've said it on this platform. If a man raises up his hands and beats his wife, that man has mental issue. It's not about preaching. It's not about anything. There is something oh. fundamental that is wrong. So you don't stay with a mad man because it's not in his right sense. It's only a mad person that will be piercing himself, beating himself, slapping himself. He calls you stupid. The man himself is stupid because you are Mrs. Stupid. Because you are one. It takes to that is why you have to go to the Bible and understand what marriage is all about. You don't need to blame your parents. It's matchmaking. They forced me into marriage. Even now that you now realize that you are forced into it, you must make sure it work around for your good. And for it to work around for your good, you must understand who you are in the Lord. In the Lord, once you understand the reason why the purpose of God for your life, every other issues that come around you, you will be able to face it and ask God to help you because he knows your end from the beginning. And that is why we are talking that you are so important to God. You're supposed to enjoy the best. It's not easy, but it works. 
Even in time like this, you're supposed to enjoy the best because you know the source. The source is God. Mm. Let me go to the next question. And we will still have you haven't, I thought Reverend wanted to say something. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. okay. So what I will do, let's answer. I've got two more questions from the platform again. You know, can we do it next week? If if Pastor Busola will not be available next week. You are mean Tegma. Okay. If Pastor Busola will not be available or Reverend, we can have other people that will meet us. I just want us to round this up. Because I don't want it to affect um, next month's um, program. We have another one at the end of the month, but I want us to round up this so we can I, meet I, next I, week. Thank I, you. I don't think there should be a problem with that. I, I, should be, I should be able to make myself available. Okay. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. So the second question here is Is it right to have. <laughs> is it, I'm laughing. I don't want to. <laughs> This is Christian platform. Is it right to have other sexual partners outside of marriage if your partner does not want you to have sex with does not if your partner does not want to have sex with you or is not willing to change? Maybe this past, past partner is a pastor. He, he needs power to raise up dead. So he's, he's been on the mountain for maybe three months. I've been able to come across this several times in the life of many. Christian family. Uh, you see, as unbelievers, or let me say the people of the world, there are some mm. situations they find very easy to treat and to handle. Like this one now, an unbeliever will have a very good reason. Some mm. will say, I don't have sex as a man, but someday I'm going to force it. For that reason, I just have to get something. I mean, get somebody, get somebody to have it with. For the Bible oh, says, the way that symmetry right in the sight of mm. him for the mm. end of the destruction. Mm. Now, let me now answer this question from the secret angle. Mm. There, is no, there is no reason. Yes. There is, and this is not a good reason. Yes, we are created differently. Mm. We are created differently. My, my, my desire is different from another person's desire. Let me give an example. You see, the problem in this kind of issue is lack of communication. Not sitting down to ask, to appreciate your partner the way she is, I mean, and the way he is. Then, what is the way forward? There was a time a couple came and the man was lamenting. So why do I have to get married? After waiting, keeping myself for many years, and now, uh, many years, and now that I'm married and my wife is not satisfying me, and the wife said, sir, this man wants to kill me. That I don't have the strength to, 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 I mean, to, to be able to meet up with his demand. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, the two of you, let us sit down and talk. And I asked the man, in your own way, how many times do you think you must have a sex in a, I mean, in a week? And he said, sir, for now, seven days in a week. <laughs> I asked the woman, I asked the woman, the woman said, I don't have the strength for more than three times in a week. Fine, fine. Marriage mm. is give and take. Marriage is understanding each other and finding a solution to move on. And I told them, thank God, I read small, a little of mathematics. 
3 plus 7, 10, divided by 2, 5. Five. And I asked the man, please, can you come down to 5 or 4? And I mm -hmm. asked the woman, this marriage is give and take. Can you shoot up at least persevere because of this man to 5 or 4? And to the glory of God, that settles it. Since that day, I don't know if they are still having a problem, but at least they've never come back to me to, to lay such a thing. What am I trying to say? When you sit down, you communicate mm. because you appreciate because a man that was created to be having the desire for seven times by God, he was created by God. And there's nothing you can do about it. That is the way the man has been created. And the one that has the little desire, that is the way the woman has been created. You can't blame God. So when you appreciate these two that took, these two, the two of you are created by God, then you find the middle point as husband and wife to move on. So what am I trying to say this evening? That this reason is not a good reason to go into infidelity. Okay. There is always a way out and a solution. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Let, let me ask. Let me ask one more question before Sister Bizarra, because she may not be here next week. Um, Wait. Let, let's let's talk about this person that said, "Can we do this because of this?" Yes. Uh, when God says, "Thou shalt not steal," He didn't give condition. Say so you can steal when you don't have food. When God said you will not, you should not take your neighbor's wife or take your neighbor's husband, he didn't give condition. When he said you shall, you shall not covet, he didn't give condition and say that when you see somebody driving Lamborghini and you are just on a bicycle, you must covet because you don't have a four-wheel drive in that condition. Only this, no, God's standards are his standards. The Bible says that the standard of God, it cannot be shaken. You can't amend it. That is why he is unchanging. That is why he's different from every other God. Once he has spoken, he stays there. If you want to negotiate yourself out of it, well, that's your decision. Because God has given us free will. So you can choose to do whatever you want. But if you want to walk with God, if you want to make it to heaven after this life, if you want to create a good life for your generations yet unborn, then God has given us the guideline. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Adultery in all its forms. Pornography, um, lust, flirting, whatever it may be. You said uh, internet sex, or what did you call it? I don't know. I mean, I've never heard that one. I don't know. Cyber sex. Cyber, I've never heard of cyber sex. I've heard of I, I've heard of sexting. I've not heard of cyber sex. You know, I've heard of people calling and they say some people, I think some numbers like in New Zealand, there are some numbers you call them and all that. So when God has given his guidelines, it's in my language, they say, don't do it. It's the, um, the remedy. For don't suffer the consequence. If you don't want to suffer the consequence of something, don't even go near it. The thing we are enjoying is because we are in the time of grace yeah. and Jesus has died. Mm. Very recently, I've been reading the Old Testament and you see that God is a God of no nonsense. His standards are very, very high. And if we are to walk with God, then we may not be there in one day but we must make efforts intentionally and not find excuses for our weaknesses. 
when we are weak, we must find help. Don't look for excuses and sins. Maybe that's one of the things we should talk about. We should talk about the roots, the foundation of some of this is like you mentioned at the beginning. Because we are only looking at the symptoms. It's like somebody has malaria. They are looking at high fever and all those. They are not looking at what is actually causing the malaria that the person is having. When you treat the source, then the symptoms disappear. So we cannot hold God responsible, hold people accountable for, for what we do. I say, because my husband is not available for sex, then I now go out and start doing whatever I like. I, did your husband save you? Did he die for you? Did he give his life for you? Is he the one to judge you after this life? Is he the one you'll be accountable to when your generations remember you? And, like we remember Father Abraham. When they remember you and say, sister, so-and-so, she stood firm even though our father did wrong to them. So let us be cautious of some of these things. Pardon me. I don't know why I'm speaking Yoruba a lot today. I don't usually do this. <laughs> that means when there are issues, overlapping matters, we first of all remove the ones at the top. The, the priority, the highest priority now is God and your relationship with God. Where is that heading? So we are talking about kingdom life here. You want to have a relationship with God. You want to be praying. You still want to be having fellowship with the father. Then this is the way to go. Thou shalt not commit adultery. There's no condition. There's no variation. There's no amendment. There's no argument. Stand by the will of the father and then God will reward you. When we walk in obedience, the reward will come. There are cases where we don't pray for people's spouses to die, but there are cases when one spouse chose to obey and they stuck to God. Eventually, God find a way, found a way to eliminate that spouse so that that person was free to remarry. It doesn't always happen. But if your case is that the person is still there, then you need to pray for grace to go through. We are not minimizing what you are going through. But we are saying and affirming that the standard of God remains firm. They cannot be changed. The breath you have and the breath I have in my nostrils cannot be guaranteed until the next hour. So if we go into sin, we only gamble with our life. We gamble with, with eternity. And then when we appear before our Savior, God forbid we hear, depart from me. So it goes beyond the pleasure of two minutes or five minutes. God help us in Jesus' name. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at time for you, but you are flowing. So we are enjoying it go. <laughs> Let me let me ask for this last one. Is it fair for God to expect? See this question. Is it fair for God to expect a partner to remain faithful in marriage if the other partner is permanently ill? For example, brain damage or physical disability. Hmm. Is it fair? Now he's asking that is it fair for God? <laughs> that God is expecting me to be faithful sure. if this person then, if you now flip, if you flip that question over, if this person asking this question is the one that is disabled or is the one that has that issue, will this mm. person be happy that will somebody ask that question because I'm in this condition? So, Reverend, is it fair for God to ask someone to be faithful when the other partner is cannot perform? Because to this person now, marriage is all about sex. Yes, yes. But marriage is not about sex. Marriage is about companionship. Marriage is about togetherness. 
This is why mm. they are also missing so many things. Pastor Busola, you are, you are saying something very, very fundamental that we should go to the source, right? Marriage is not about productivity, whatever. It's about coming together. Because Adam was the, the one doing everything. It's all about all alone. And God said, okay, it's time for the female. Because in the beginning, it's male and female. It's time for the female to come out, to be with him. Marriage is not about sex. It's about togetherness, companionship. It's about friendship. And that is why nowadays, sir, it's very common now. Baby mama is a profession now. Some single lady prefer to, to be to have baby to be a baby mama because they don't want any problem, anybody to stress them. But they are forgetting one thing that their ninth time is coming. That child that they are deciding, that child will be, we go and have his own home. They will be alone. God has given us choices. So some people prefer to go for second hand when they are supposed to stand and be in the place of, of, of dominion. So this person is asking this question, thinking that marriage is all about sex. Please, Reverend, two minutes. Oh, you know, the one thing with the law of God is not an issue of looking at it for being fair or not. When God says, this is my own law, then we just have to obey it. Not an issue of saying, ah, is it fair? It is man that looks at this from the angle of, ah, it is not fair. You know, when God is saying this, let me ask a question. The marriage, the vow that such a person took when they were getting married was till death do us part. And in as much as your partner is still on her, no matter what happens, in as much, in as, much as he's still on her, he or she is still on her, then the marriage is done. And you cannot go otherwise. I mean, do otherwise. And a person that was seen being disabled today, a, a person that you see that maybe, I mean, the brain is not working today, with God, all things are possible. There can be a change tomorrow. So it is not, it, it, I mean, it is not from the angle of being fair or not. What, which, I mean, what type of vow have you made? Till death do us part. Then you just have to remain and abide according to the law that God has given for the vow that you have taken. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, Pastor Bissala, do you want to contribute or we should just round up so we can give you enough time to prepare? So faithfulness, Pastor mm -hmm. Reverend said something of faithfulness. Maybe your own vow was that, oh, it is only when you are happy that we are married, or it is only when you are healthy that you are married. It is only when, only when, if that condition were in marriage, when people were going to get, people will not marry, you know. People marry because so, somebody said, I will stick through with you, through thick and thin. I accept you the way you are, all your flaws, all your weaknesses. I'm going to be there for you. That's why people get married. If that's we put all those... Sir? But that's it, that's it. Yeah, that's if, it. You put, if you put all those conditions, some people do prenup and say, oh, let's sign what we have before we get married. Okay, that one is still understandable. But when you start saying that, it is, now I married you, you have two legs. The day you have one leg, the marriage is over. If people start saying that, people will not go into marriage. So for the main fact that the person has disability... You shouldn't call for the end of your marriage or shouldn't give you the license to go into infidelity. And the fact that you say that uh, is God fear. I'm sorry to say, pardon me. I do not mean to disrespect whoever wrote that question. But pardon me, I'd just like to say that that means you have maybe limited understanding of who God is. 
God is sovereign. God does whatever he likes. God decides who lives and who dies. So are you saying that for the main fact that some people have died, God is not fair? We have seen children die. We have seen old people die. We have seen somebody that was healthy just now fall over and die. You know, are you saying God is unfair? Even you, us that we are alive right now, that God is keeping us alive. Is it doesn't mean that God is unfair because some of us are committed sins that are even greater than other people, but God is keeping us alive. So that question shows that they say there might be a little bit of um, um, understanding. Uh, maybe the person does not maybe understand God perfectly because God is sovereign. He is good to all, both good people, bad people, witches, wizards. When witches repent today, Jesus will accept them. So the question of fairness, when you have proper understanding of who God is, should not come up. Everyone said that, are you ready to join us? You are going to be the citizen of a country. They will, just, they will not say, oh, you are a citizen of country. Or you want to be our citizen. We abide by your rules. No, you must abide by what we say. You want to be a citizen of the United States of America? You must abide by what they say. You want to travel? You are on. Oh, sorry, sorry. You want, you know, like COVID is on now. You want to go to some countries. You can't go by yourself. You have to abide by the flying rules of that country so the flying rules of god says don't do something you're asking are they fair it's not about the fairness it's about you wanting to join or affiliate with those people that you are going to meet that's all thank you sis for having us god bless you thank you thank you for joining us and then uh, we we pray that god will continue to uphold you ma and god will enlarge your coast your ministry will work strong, stronger and stronger and stronger in jesus name Amen. we ought to bring you and daddy over before the end of the year, when we are doing couples and um, <laughs> question time, we want to see more of you. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. So if you want to leave, you can leave because we just want to round up and, um, and Reverend is just going to pay, pray for our homes. The next week we are coming again. I'll be here. I want to take prayer. Let, let Reverend, I will wait. <laughs> okay. So next, next week, everyone, next week, if I'm unable to take your question now, next week we'll, we'll, we'll complete the question. You have just listened to Me and Mine podcast with your host, Timmy or Nomadi. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. See you next time. God bless you.